Welcome back, everybody. It is episode 87 of the Narrative Podcast from thenarrativenow.com. I am Joshua Stanley, a filmmaker and the director here at Narrative. And with us in our Lancaster, Pennsylvania studios is no one because we are still on lockdown quarantine. Um, so Maya, of course, our uh, filmmaker, writer, and our content producer, Maya Anderson, is 15 minutes away in her house as well. It's been so many weeks since I have seen Josh in person. <laughs> it's been the, the best weeks of my me life. This time. <laughs> and joining us all the way from New York City is Rachel Lindsay, also known as Sync. Um, she is a singer, actor, dancer, set photographer, um, so many things, but uh, she's an indie creative joining us from New York City. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Yeah, I think it's so nice to be getting to know new people in this new kind of format that we're all in, um, especially from Ground Zero, New York. <laughs> yep. Right. It's scary here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it like there? I, I mean, I have a couple friends who live there and they said it's like an apocalypse, but. Absolutely. Yeah. It feels pretty empty, which is good because it means that people are staying home. Uh, but, you know, like it's just. It just feel you can feel sort of heaviness in the air that things have changed, mm. and I think a lot of people haven't accepted that this is probably going to be a long haul for us all. Yeah. So right. we'll see what happens, but I'm having a great time. My roommate and I are doing a lot of home improvement projects. <laughs> taking <laughs> <a> <laughs> Perfect. <at> this time. <laughs> yeah, th that's awesome. Yeah, it's it is a crazy time. We're we're kind of just far enough removed that it's not too bad here. I think what Lancaster has like 30 cases or something like that. So nothing like, but mm -hmm. I'm originally from upstate New York. My dad works in Manhattan oh. and it's, it's nightmare. He has the pass cause he's essential worker to like be able to drive on the road right. Right. Um, and stuff like that. It's, it's just, insanity i can't imagine man i'm afraid that there. they will start you know monitoring the streets and stuff if if they right. keep progressing the way that they seem to be so that'll be very interesting but yeah long lines outside of grocery stores and pharmacies they're limiting how many people can be in those mm -hmm. facilities at one time so it feels pretty real wow. it feels like contagion officially happened here <laughs> right yeah yeah we but, can laugh about it but it is it is a scary it is scary time yeah definitely to think about a, not a laughing matter though i think i'm somebody who tends to try to just enjoy the humor oh scary time. Yeah. yeah it's the only way to not go crazy yeah so uh tell us so i introduced you as indie creative and read through all your th but what Tell us a little bit about what you do. Like, what does your life <laughs> look like? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say in a digestible way because I think I've had a very eclectic background. Um, I went to school for film, so I studied film in college and have always been in acting and was a dancer my whole life um, and then started getting into photography. In my 20s, I worked... For a TV show, I worked for some magazines as a writer-editor for a while. Then I worked for a, a production company doing commercials. 
and segued into photography. And then in the last couple of years, I've been focusing more on my creative projects, so music projects, acting, performance-based stuff like that. But, you know, in, in the meantime, working other odd jobs, which includes set photography. Uh, I actually had a stint of doing newborn photography in hospitals. Yeah. So I was oh, wow. wrapping wow. up babies in a rapid fire <laughs> way and like trying to, you know, stick a pacifier in their mouth and keep them calm and then like try to really gently pull it out and take a photo. So I've I've seen a lot of things. I've been a lot of places. <laughs> and yeah. I think that my background really lends itself to being a DIY artist because now especially in times like this where I'm stuck at home you know I have access to camera equipment I know how to make a video I can edit a video for myself I know about sound engineering and so not saying I'm an expert in any of those areas but I'm a chain of all trades enough to kind of you know my right. way through <laughs> yeah so you kind of that you yeah. can do all of those different things which is helpful because especially in the industry that we're in it's so like all of these things are so connected no matter what you're doing yeah and i i simply enjoy art for art's sake so whether it's making a video or making music um i just enjoy all of it there are some th some disciplines that I prefer, I would say, but I think especially in today's climate, you kind of have to be good at a little bit of everything Yeah. or know your way around it a little bit. So I am very grateful for the crazy trajectory that my career has <laughs> taken and all the different experiences <laughs> I've had because of that. Has anybody, has anybody ever tried to tell you, like before you kind of got into all these different individual disciplines that you had to pick one or has have you mostly felt like encouraged like oh I can explore all these different mediums I definitely was told I had to pick one and have a lane that I'm gonna stay in and that felt hard for me because my whole life I've liked a number of different things I think the back the backbone for me has always been music so mm -hmm. if I'm making a little film project chances are there is a music sort of basis yeah. to it. But with that being said, I have definitely turned my nose up at a lot of people who tell me I can't do everything. Like, well, yeah, are yeah. you going to be a musician or are you going to be an actor or are you going to be a dancer? And even within music, it's like, are you going to be in the indie pop scene? Are you going to be jazz? Are you going to be electronic? And I think that we try to put ourselves in these right. boxes that the thing that I like about the boxes is that then I just sort of ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> Carlisle said something about that, that she doesn't ever think about the genre that she's in because she doesn't really believe in that. And I think that mm -hmm. I subscribe to a similar sentiment. No, I, I love that. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the backbone of a lot of stuff that we believe that narrative is like, you don't have to fit into a specific box. There's no, yeah. there's no, if you put something in a box, then you're destroying the possibilities it could have. 
So you mm-hmm. need to allow it to go out of that. And that's what we talk about right. all the time. And I 100% agree. I think we also lose ourselves what makes us uniquely us when we try to fit ourselves. You know, you try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes art so interesting is someone being uniquely and authentically themselves, right? So it's kind of hard to find that and amplify it. I think it's a difficult task and it's really difficult to ignore all the noise telling you otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and being willing to challenge the box you've been told to be put in or even the box that right. you want to be put in is so important. Exactly. It's taken me many years. I don't think that I was very secure in who I was in a lot of respects, especially in my early, early 20s. Um, I spent a lot of time second-guessing myself, even though I felt like I was pretty grounded in who I was. And now I finally, the veil has kind of been lifted and I'm like, oh, "Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I understand who I am. And also I'm going to choose to ignore some of these so-called rules that we're all trying to follow. Right. Yeah, what what do you, what are some of those rules that you think like society has tried to put on you that you've had to constantly fight against? Mm, that is a good question. I would say ladder climbing in the appropriate way, both in the music industry and the film industry. So starting at the bottom and paying your dues, which I'm not saying that that's wrong at all. I think that we do all need to experience that. But I've been told by many people in both of those industries that you have to take it step by step in a certain way. And I think the reality of the situation is we all have these really strange paths into those industries and into success. And there's no right or wrong way to go about that. I think also success tends to come find you, an opportunity tends to come find you. So it's that mentality of if you build it, they will come, as opposed to now you've done step one. You know, you're you're working as a PA on set or you've written all this music and now you move on to step two. And Mm -hmm. those are really great blueprints to stick to when in doubt. But I also think that we could stand to be more creative and going Going back to the previous point about finding your uniqueness, it also taps into that, letting your light shine and letting that be the thing that connects each other people and moves the head in the industry. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so cool. probably a tip of an iceberg of an answer to your question. (laughs) No, absolutely. Because, I mean, what you're saying about, like, people are always talking about find out who you are and believe in who you are and all that stuff, which is super important. But if you don't take that and apply it to things, then it's not important at all. So even how you get into an industry, how you work, how you create, you have to find who you are and then actually listen to it, actually care about that. Exactly. It takes a lot of patience and time, I think, because sometimes we even get that advice of like, be who you are and you, think about it and you're like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna be who I am this is 
who I am, and then you, but you're still thinking about all of the parameters that you have to fit into, how you have to look, how you have to sound, um, song structure, for instance, being fitting into a certain mold that's catchy. There are so many rules, and so I think it takes a lot of us time to figure out how to identify who we really are and then be able to amplify it in a way that's digestible for listeners or viewers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's so true, is people want you to fit into a specific type of box no matter who you are, no matter what, like... They tell you to be unique, but then they want you to fit into a certain way. And there's, like, a lot of insecurities when you first start, like, trying to break the rules because it's, like, am I actually doing something different or am I just not good enough to do it the way everybody says I should do it? Definitely. I mean, I spent many years – I have a very strange set of vocal cords um, that – for, for a long time, I didn't <laughs> accept them, really. And I had I was taking vocal lessons from coaches who were priming their students for musical theater. And I love musical theater. Yeah. But told, well, maybe when Joni Mitchell musical comes out, you could be in something. But you're not really suited for that, that, um, that industry or that genre. And, of course, now it's so different with Hamilton and Mm -hmm. shows that are more about different voices and different vocal capabilities. But it took me a long time to go, you know, I actually think I feel okay with the vocal cords that I have. And I've discovered ways to make them magnified or to use them to my advantage and really grow to feel affectionate towards the way that I sound as opposed to feeling insecure and feeling like, Mm. well, I guess I'll have to just work on, you know, stamping this out of myself or finding a way to fit into the mold that I'm being told to fit into. No, no, I'm not doing that (laughs) anymore. Good, because your voice is magnificent. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. See, it's a daily yeah. struggle. It's a daily struggle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is that? What did that journey look like? Like, it's so easy for us to get caught in, especially with the Instagram culture that we live in, and constantly being able to compare ourselves to others. How did you get to a point where you're like, it's okay to be who I am? Yeah. Another really great question. I think that. For me personally, it comes to, am I telling a story and am I connecting with listeners or viewers in a way that feels real as opposed to how many vocal riffs am I doing or how fancy am I getting, how high can I belt, you know, none of that really matters to me. And I do see, like, Instagram is so oversaturated with, insanely talented people and I wish I could do some of the vocal acrobatics that some of the vocalists can do but at the same time I rarely come across a vocalist that I watch and I feel something so that's kind of what I look for and that's what I try to produce in my own process is something that people are going to connect with 
hopefully they get an emotional takeaway or it's something that they think about later because with social media, you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And sometimes I find a photo that I've already liked <laughs> weeks ago or a year ago. And I'm like, I have no recollection of even looking at this. And that feels sad right. to me that I can't fully focus. And so the, I think my main goal is can I make something that feels like it sticks with you a little bit? Just right. a, even just a little bit would make me happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and it comes down to what you're saying. It's not just about being good at something. It's about capturing an emotion or telling a story. Uh, right. Which is so important, and people miss it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think our priorities have shifted a little bit, too. We're, we care so much about the fancy, who's the most talented, the most beautiful, what have you, instead of who's who's telling the most interesting story and not even the most interesting, just what's what's the most connectable story out there. And I think that's more what we should be setting our sights on. Absolutely. I love that, the most connectable story. Yeah. Yeah. That's what awesome. we're trying, right? Yeah. I think that's what you guys are doing, to be honest. I that's what's so attractive to me about about your whole operation is that that seems to be the ethos behind it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad that I'm so glad that somebody actually saw that. Yeah, that's absolutely our goal is to to connect people together, to share stories that other people can connect with and empower and enable other people and and I think that's the core of what we should be aiming to do as artists and and indie creatives no matter where you are right because I think we're all nerds about this stuff too and so why mm -hmm. not raise each <laughs> yeah. other up in the process and a right. little bit <laughs> yeah and that's what's so cool about the whole indie world is I think it has a community that's willing to raise up other people in a really sure. cool way. Yeah. And just extending a hand of kindness. I've noticed that when I've made more efforts to really reach out to people and be and just throw kindness around like confetti, then it it definitely comes back to me and I connect so much more with people. And that's really what it's all about. Like that feels so much better when you're when it really is that give and take as opposed to how can you serve me I'm looking to get something out of this situation out of this friendship out of this business partnership whatever it is right I think that when we can kind of flip that on its head and just view people as wow you're someone who is in the music industry too or you really appreciate music or you're doing something that I appreciate or am a fan of why don't we just talk about it and create a little friendship over it, you know? And yeah. if something else comes out of it, great. But if not, we can just be supportive of each other. Yeah, we interviewed a band a couple years ago, and they had released an album where they collaborated with somebody, and I was like, what was it like collaborating with this specific other band? Uh, and they're like, oh, we never really talked. We just, I sent them the track, and they 
created the rap piece and then send it back and we pieced it together. And it was just like such a disgenuine, I don't know if that's a word, but it, it felt so wrong to like, that's not what collaboration should be about. A good collaboration starts with actually talking, you know? And, and that's exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so many wires can get crossed. I was, um, I was in an electronic duo for a long time that was long distance. And we had to spend a lot of time on the phone discussing things, having live sessions. And then we would often wait until we could be in the same place to actually record or write music because it was so much more efficient and also it doesn't feel like you're just kind of stamping onto a template where someone's sending a track, somebody puts vocals on it. You don't get to, you know, live into its full potential by discussing it and workshopping it. That's such an important process of work in progress songs, I think, is the just like hammering it out as painful as that can be, I think that it pushes a project to what its full right. potential is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, it's just a good conversation or a good partnership has to start with good conversation beforehand, you know. And even when you two were long distance, you were still talking all the time. You were having conversations. You had conversations about things other than what you were creating, I'm sure. That's just part of who you are as a creative, you know? Yeah. It's like a, I like to call it a creative marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of feels like what people refer to as their work husband or wife. Right. It's like that, where we were very close friends. We were very supportive of each other. And we also got to have a platform to create on top of that friendship foundation. Right. So it's pretty special to, to find that. Yeah, that's awesome. So right now, as an artist, what are you, yeah, yeah what are you doing? <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> I am right now working on a solo project under my nickname, really, which is Sync, S-I-N-K. Like, like the kitchen, kitchen sink. sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what you wash your hands in all the time now with the <laughs> situation. Think of me. Um, so I've been called sink since I was about two years old. And there are honestly a lot of folklore type origin stories surrounding its inception. Um, the most likely background story is that my Nima, my grandma, used to sing a song to us as babies. She would hold us, and the lyrics were something like, my sweetheart, my sinky sink. And it was just really nonsensical, but my older sisters started calling sink from a young age, and they just sort of stuck. <laughs> and now my closest friends call me sink. It's always been sort of my artist name. And I'm striking out right now and doing a bit of my own music that feels very authentically me as far as genre. It's much more in the jazz, R&B, maybe a splash of pop realm. And at the moment, there are a few producers who are opening 
demos up of mine and operating on them. So I'm really excited because I know that there will be a sync project, whether it's an EP or an album, coming out eventually. And in the meantime, I'm kind of just having fun, honestly, and making the the DIY cover songs and just testing out my palette and trying to give something to the, the public <laughs> that, you know, I'm allowed to give because as I'm sure you guys know, when you're working on projects pre-release, it's very secretive right. and you can't really share anything. So the only people who haven't heard any unreleased tracks from me are those who have seen me play live anywhere that's where you'll hear right. hear those songs. But I'm very excited because the songs that I have played out have really been, they've been really well received. So that's a good sign to me that I'm on to something and have found my unique sound as a solo yeah. artist. Yeah, no, that's so exciting to be able to put, yeah, to be able to find your own personal sound and all of that is super exciting it took a long time too again i guess we keep going back to this theme of finding your own uniqueness but it took me many years to even figure out who i am as an artist the themes that i like to talk about in music and the stories that i like to tell the different motif like vocal motifs or musical motifs that i stick to that took a really long time to catalog and collect and figure out what kind of my signature moves are, so to speak. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just your life and all of your experiences coming into, this is what I really love and this is how I want to share it and that's what sync is becoming for you, which is so exciting. Yeah, it's scary, too, because I used to really roll my eyes anytime I saw an interview with an artist and, you know, an album would be coming out and they'd say, well, I'm just really, this is my most honest, truthful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, just stop it. I do not believe you. I thought, it, I thought that that was so inauthentic. And it's so ironic because now I've discovered the same answer which is oh this is so truthful and so honest and that's really scary to put out right. to the world and I think my writing style is very it's very bare bones just sort of telling it like it is and factual information I don't try to get too fancy about being poetic or anything like that and that feels even scarier because it is like oh I'm just writing these prose that feel a little bit like a diary entry not always right. but in a lot of tracks i think i'm i'm being really introspective and exploring and processing my feelings on real life situations so it's pretty scary to put out yeah. honesty but i think that's what really resonates with people is when you're willing to be honest and it's i think it takes brave artists to be willing to do that oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean, artists are going to connect with that authenticity, but it's terrifying because it's like, this is who I am. And if people don't like it, then right. they're not liking who I because it's not like masked in any metaphor. It's just, yeah. This is who I am. Exactly. So it's a big risk. 
to take for sure. I that has not been lost on me. So I'm pretty terrified, <laughs> but I'm hoping that this will be useful for me and also that it will be something that people enjoy listening to. I'm already excited for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think something that authentic is going to connect with people no matter what. Um because they connect they'll connect with you as a person which is what it comes all comes back to it's sharing the story of you as a person yeah and i think also being willing to explore your shadow which i'm doing a bit i'm taking a deep dive into some of the mistakes that i've made which is really scary <laughs> to share and to you know, put out on a public platform. But again, that's where we really connect, right, is through the lessons we've learned and the growth experiences that we've had. So it feels pretty important, if only for me, that feels good to be getting it out. Yeah. But again, terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, so what were some of your big inspirations what were the the things that were uh, i mean some of it is just you you said it's an overflow of your life but like what are those things that inspired you so much that you wanted to write them oh yeah um oh man so many i think there are a lot of themes that have felt important to me since a young age one being feminism i do a lot of feminism content and just sort of yeah. fighting against the man <laughs> yep so to speak absolutely um i also i go a lot into relationships but in a sort of different way more of an exploration of like emotional labor or being at odds with someone that isn't just the unrequited love or a breakup song or what have you. I, I like to dig a little deeper on those and I'm so fascinated by dynamics and I'm very observant of conversations and how people communicate. So I mm -hmm. explore a lot of those themes as well as loss and grief are, are a big theme for me as well because I've had a couple of huge losses in the last few years and it's been so great just to crack me open into finding <laughs> who I really am and also being a much kinder, more patient person and then also being able to produce art that feels like it's helping me deal with those experiences that are still very much present. You know, I think that a misconception with grief is that it's like this linear timeline and it's so not how it works you can have so many great days and then you wake up one day and it's as if you know no time has passed and you're back in this really depressed or angry state about it and that's something that i really have shied away from exploring but now feel kind of ready to dive into my own sort of pool of emotions and uh and make some songs out of them yeah so lots of woman power lots of sadness <laughs> i'm here for it all 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we talk about uh, we talk about feminism and all that stuff at Narrative all the time. All the time. Uh, which that was the first thing I sent your contact over to Maya uh, whenever we got the date locked down. Was that just yesterday? Maybe. Um, yes, it was just yeah. yesterday. And and the first and thing I she texted texts immediately is, she's a feminist. I am so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes me so happy <laughs> that that comes across. I haven't oh, gotten yeah. really brave enough to overtly stand my ground on some of those issues in a way that feels more combative, I guess. But I'm very, I'm very hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, over here. I feel like I'm hardcore, and then I realize, wait, when I am, whenever I am hardcore, I'm talking with people who agree with me. I'm not like, yeah, staring anybody in the eye and telling them you're a sexist pig. So, <laughs> oh, love that. You should do that. <laughs> I should. I'm not there yet, but I, I think I'm gonna. By the end of this year, I think we'll be there. By the end of 2020. 2020 is the year of us staying at home and really fully realizing how we need to treat women better and yeah i'm just saying absolutely well thank you so much for joining us um this was an awesome show another big thank you to rachel for joining us this was so great thank you um for uh, coming and talking with us for probably way longer than you were expecting. Um, but <laughs> the jokes on you guys. I was, <laughs> we're gonna talk for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was awesome. Um, uh, we'll put all the links to everything that she is up to in the episode page at thenarrativenow.com, and we'll be sharing. Um, all of her stuff and uh, parts of this interview on our Instagram at the narrative now. Um, so make sure you go um, check that out um, and connect with Rachel as well. So until next time, I'm Joshua Stanley. I'm Maya Anderson. And I am Rachel Lindsay, AKA Saint. And this has been episode 87 of the narrative podcast. I don't feel so good. Six words you never understood. I'll never let you go, five words you'll never say.